0: This year, 5782, is a year of Shemitah, a year where God commands us to leave the land to rest. The laws of the sanctity of Shevi'it, or the Shemitah year, apply only to land belonging to a Jew in the land of Israel. However, land belonging to a non-Jew in Israel does not retain the sanctity of Shevi'it. Indeed, Maran HaBet Yosef, a few hundred years ago, and his rabbinical court decreed excommunication upon anyone who treated fruits grown on such land with the sanctity of the seventh year Shevi'it. Since nowadays most lands and fields in Israel are owned by Jews, and not marketing these fruits like during other years would result in a hefty financial loss, there are Shemitah organizations that compensate these Jewish farmers for the losses they suffer during Shevi'it, of which a large portion of this compensation comes from the generous donations of kind Jews from all over the world. Nevertheless, this does not solve all of the shavuot related problems, for there are still farmers who refuse to allow their lands to remain fallow during Shav'it, in addition to the fact that the Israeli Department of Agriculture does not allow the importation of fruits from other countries to substitute these fruits. As a result of these and several other reasons, it has become the practice of the Chief Rabbinate of Israel already from the times of HaGa'on HaRav Avraham Yitzchak HaKohen Kuk Zecher Tzadik L'Racha, to sell the lands of interested Jewish farmers to non-Jews, similar to the idea of selling chametz to a non-Jew on Erev Pesach. And by doing so, the sanctity of sheviit would not rest on the produce of sheviit the Shemitah, grown fruit. In fact, produce of this sort is already available in Israeli markets and stores. The further we get into the Shemitah year, the more of such fruits and vegetables appear. The Kashrut certificate for such produce will indicate a term called Heter Mechira. Some rule that this way, a Jew may continue to work the land during the Shemitah year like any other year. I would like to briefly explain in this episode the progression of this practice throughout the years. In the year 5,645, or 1885. Baron Rothschild of France, through the intervention of his righteous and charitable brother in law Sir Moses Montefiore, and Hagaon Harav Shmuel Moliver, head of the Bialystok Rabbinical Court, donated a generous amount of money in order to support the needy residents of the Land of Israel and to help the purchase of agricultural plots of land in the Ekron settlement. These lands were originally meant for vineyards to grow wine. The Israeli farmers would work for the baron and he would pay their monthly wages. The baron appointed French managers, who were not Torah observant, to oversee this project, and they would update the baron on the progress. For whatever reasons, harsh arguments erupted between the farmers and the French overseers, and the French managers ceased updating the baron regarding the progress of the vineyard operation. When the baron visited Israel, he was amazed to see the remarkable success of the growing vineyard and the wine production. He was so taken aback that he decided to rename the settlement Mazkeret Batia in honor of his mother. In the year 1888, or 5,648, the year before Shmita of 5,649, the farmers informed the French project managers that they did not plan to work the next year, in observance of Shmita. This clearly meant that the baron's investment would be lost, for if the Jewish farmers would not tend to the fields for an entire year, this would certainly mean that the vineyards would incur heavy damages. It would also be quite possible that the baron would stop funding the settlement, which could bring about a dangerous situation for the Jews living there. When Baron Rothschild heard about this new turn of events, he consulted with Hagaon Harav Naftali Hertz, the newly appointed rabbi of Jaffa and the surrounding settlements, in order to seek the guidance of the sages of Jerusalem and ascertain whether or not there was any halachic leniency permitting work to continue on his lands during the Shemitah year. Rabbi Naftali Hertz, who was also appointed to oversee religious services in several other newly established settlements, including Rishon Letzion, turned to Hagaon Harav Shmuel Salant, chief rabbi of Jerusalem. Because the latter did not wish to enter a disagreement with Harav Yoshua Leib Diskin, who was the rab of the Edah Haredit in Yerushalayim, He requested that the Rishon Letzion at the time, Hagaon Arab Rafael Meir Panizel, enter the picture and rule as he saw fit. The Rishon Letzion in turn sent this question to his great brother-in-law, Hagaon Arab Yaakov Shaul Eliashar, who served as the Rishon Letzion immediately following him, to look into it. Hagaon Arab Eliashar wrote a lengthy response on this issue, where he permitted selling the lands to a non-Jew similar to the way we sell chametz to a non-Jew on Erev Pesach. This would absolve the land of its sanctity, and all work could then continue as usual. Harav El-Yashar based his ruling on the ruling of the author of the Sefer Tzeror Hamor, Hagaon Harav Mordechai Rubian, a Sephardic luminary who lived approximately 300 years ago, who had previously ruled leniently on this issue. The Rishon Letzion, Hagaon Harav Panizel, signed on to the lenient ruling of Harab el Yashar. Nevertheless, there were still many Jewish farmers from the Ekron settlement who were predominantly Ashkenazi, who referred who refused to accept the ruling of the great Sephardic luminaries, and requested the involvement of some Ashkenazi sages, including Harav Yoshua of Kutna, one of Poland, Poland's greatest poskim at the time, as well as Harav Shmuel Moliver, the rabbi who assisted in establishing the settlement by influencing Baron Rothschild, and Hagaon Arav Shmuel zanvil Klapfish noted Posek in Warsaw. Each of these great Torah giants wrote halachic responses on this topic, and each one ruled that it would be permissible to sell the lands of the Akron settlement to a non-Jew in order to absolve them of their Shevi'it sanctity, while emphasizing that this ruling applied only to pressing circumstances such as this one. Many great Ashkenazi Poskim agreed to this ruling including the great Ashkenazi Posek of the generation, Hagaon Arab Yitzchak Elchanan Specter, the Rav of Kovna. On the other hand, many other Torah giants, including Hagaon Arab Yoshua Leib Diskin, Hagaon Arab Yosef Dov Soloveitchik, the Rav of Brisk, Hagaon Arab Naftali Tzvi Yehuda Berlin, the Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshiva Dvalozhin, Hagaon Harab David Friedman of Karlin, and others who opposed the Heter Mechila, ruling permitting the sale of the land, for several reasons. Because of the complexity of the details of Heter Mechira selling the land to a non-Jew, which relate to many very important halachic issues, I won't discuss him on this episode. Therefore, this halachic argument reappears on the scene the year before every Shemitah year until today. While much halachic literature, some pro and some against Heter Mechira, has been authored on this topic. In the past several generations, the chief rabbi of Israel, Agaon HaRav Yitzchak HaKohenkuk Zecher Tadikli LiRacha, instituted that the chief rabbinate, which is responsible for all matters of kashrut in Israel, receive a power of attorney from farmers interested in selling their lands to a non-Jew, specifically an Arab, in order to avoid the prohibition of selling land in Israel to an idolatrous non-Jew. For one year's time, and by doing so, removing the land's sanctity of Shevi'it, the seventh year. Nevertheless, the great Ridbaz of Tsefat wrote a lengthy response opposing the Heter Mechira, and shortly later, the great Chazon Ish joined the opposing camp as well. On the other hand, Hagaon Arav Tzvi Pesach Frank wrote that even Hagaon Yoshua Leib Lisk Diskin changed his opinion about Heter Mechira in the year 1935 and relied upon it when he realized that many non-religious farmers continued working the land as usual during the Shemitah year, and as such, a large amount of Shevi'it produce entered the market and was bought and sold, which brought about many other problems. He therefore analyzed the matter once again and ruled in accordance with the lenient view, although he limited his ruling to one year only. The Gaon of Kutná one of the greatest Ashkenazi luminaries of his generation, in a response regarding the issue of Heter Mechira, selling the land to a non-Jew, writes the following, and I quote, Regarding Shemitah, I am baffled, for selling the lands is clearly permissible, especially since the Sephardic luminaries, his reference to Hagaon Narav Yashar, whose fingernails are wider than the stomachs of the Ashkenazi luminaries, permit non-Jews to work the land during Shevi'it. How can we consider their Torah meaningless? End quote. He adds other such ideas regarding those opposed to Heter Mechira. Hagaon Rav Shlomo Zalman Arbach, Zecher Tadikli Racha, wrote an entire book on the subject of Heter Mechira, and even instructed the chief rabbis of Israel, Harab Eliyahu Bakshi Doron and Arab Israel Meir Lau, to continue carrying out the sale of Heter Mechira, as was the practice in previous years, so that the farmers do not continue to work their lands in a forbidden manner, among other reasons. He added that the Sephardic poskim did not limit their approval of hetermechira to pressing circumstances only, and therefore, there is certainly room for leniency in our times. Certainly, when we are finally redeemed and the entire Jewish nation will return to their land, and the mitvah of Shemitah will once again be a Torah obligation— we will then merit the Torah's blessing of I shall command my blessing on the sixth year, and we will no longer require heter mechira. However, nowadays, the heter Mechirah should indeed be implemented. This was indeed the opinion of the majority of the greatest luminaries and halachic leaders of the past several generations. On the other hand, Hagan the Yosef Shalom Elyashiv Zecher Tzadik Libracha felt differently and his opinion was that Mechirah that should be completely banned nowadays. Nevertheless, we follow the majority opinion among the poskim who ruled that Mechira should be implemented even nowadays. This is especially true for us Sephardic Jewry. For as I've said above, the Sephardic poskim did not limit their support of Mechirah for pressing circumstances only. Maran Rav Ovadar Yosef Zecher Tzadik Livracha with his stunning halachic genius and expertise, compiled an impressive treatise on the issue of Heter Mechira, which was printed in his responsa, Yabia Omer, Volume 10. There he leaves no stone unturned on his coverage of the subject matter, and he concludes that the Heter Mechira should be carried out nowadays, and anyone wishing to purchase Heter Mechira produce certainly has on whom to rely, for this Heter is based on solid halachic foundations. He adds, though, that one who acts stringently and purchases produce that is not a product of Heter Mechira is especially praiseworthy. However, the chief rabbis must execute the Heter Mechira for those who are interested. In fact, the former chief rabbi of France, Hagaon Arav Yosef Chaim Sitruk, went to visit Maran Yosef Zecher Tzadik Libracha and inquired if there were any limitations related to Heter Mechira. The rabbi replied as follows. There's a recording of this conversation. There are no limitations. It is permitted. Nevertheless, one who wishes to act piously may do so on his own, but not rule this way for others. One may act any way he wishes by himself, but for others, one must rule based on the heter mechira, for it is real and it is true. Who formulated this heter? Hagaon, Arav, Yaakov, Shaul, Yashar. A Rishon who lived approximately 100 years ago and was a halachid genius. We merely broadened it so that no one would question it. However, the original leniency was his. And there was another pious and holy individual in those times. Hagaon Arab Raphael Meir Panizel, and he agreed with him. Hagaon Arab Panizel, says Rav was once in Tunis after having been sent there on a mission from Israel. Once a lion broke through the gate of the local zoo and roamed free in the streets. Everyone ran for their lives. Only a Rav Panizel approached the lion, for he was not afraid of it, and chased it away as one would chase away a dog. People asked him, Rabbi, how are you not afraid? He replied, one who is righteous and guards his berit milah need not be afraid of anything. These were righteous individuals and halachic giants who formulated this heted. They saw the oppression of the poor, who had no source of livelihood, and they had mercy on them. And he continues, there are many similar ideas like the sale of Chametz on Erev Pesach. He told Rabbi Sitruk, What is more severe, Chametz or Shevi'it? Chametz is a Torah prohibition for which one is liable for karet, while Shevi'it nowadays is merely a rabbinic enactment, and yet everyone carries out the sale of Chametz. Aran writes this leniency of selling Chametz to a non Jew in his Bet Yosef, chapter 448, and no one makes a ruckus about it. But here, regarding heter mechirah, every seven years you hear people make problems while acting contrary to halacha. These were the words of Maran Yosef, Zecher, Tzadik, Libracha, without whom the valuable leniency of heter mechirah could not have endured. And through the actions of those opposed to it, the chief rabbinate would be prevented from selling the lands. As a result, a large part of the Jewish nation would be consuming. Produce grown during Shemitah with no Heter whatsoever. This is the history and analysis of Heter Mechira, and one may consume produce grown in these respective fields.